Hey guys, I'm here today with Diana Mandel, an international dating coach and relationship expert who specializes in helping men find and keep healthy and sustainable relationships with women they once thought were out of their league. Diana's clients refer to her as the female hitch. Since 2012, Diana has developed and perfected a personalized and exclusive dating blueprint formula to support her clients in the belief that love is possible. Diana has been featured on Elite Daily, Thrive Global, Your Tango, and more. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. I'm super excited to talk about everything connected to dating and finding the right partner. But before we do, please take a minute, fill in the gaps from that intro, and tell us how did you get started on your journey? My story actually started at 11 years old. I saved a girl's life from suicide. And at the end of the conversation, she said, I really hope that this is something that you do with your life. And I think that the magnitude of that conversation didn't really appear for me until later. But it inspired me to go down the path of getting my undergraduate degree in psychology and a grad degree in psychotherapy. And then in terms of me specifically being in a dating and relationship niche, my dating life in my 20s was a bit of a disaster, and that's probably putting it lightly. I was in unhealthy relationships. I dated men who weren't nice to me, and I was trapped in a cyclical type of pattern where I didn't like myself, so I dated not nice guys, and I dated not nice guys, which caused me to not like myself. So when I called off my engagement a few years ago, I guess at that point I felt like I had hit rock bottom, but then I dated a friend of mine through a series of events that happened, and that was actually my rock bottom. And the interesting thing was that more than anything, I actually felt like a fraud. That was more of the pain as opposed to the breakup and sort of the spiraling because I didn't understand how I was able to help so many other people with their dating life, but then I couldn't help myself with my own. At that point, I decided that I was going to put myself through my own system. And it's interesting because I didn't think that it was a good idea. I just didn't know what else to do. I didn't like the life that I had and I knew I needed to do something to change it. I treated myself like a client. So I held myself accountable. I went through the action steps that I give my clients. I, you know, treated literally myself exactly like a client, like stepped outside of myself. And I found a guy within a month of dating we became exclusive at around two months. We're now engaged. And what's interesting is that I got to see with my own two eyes that my program works. But because I've been in the trenches with my clients, so I know what it feels like wanting something to work so bad and feeling that pain. And I know what to expect. And I know how good it feels when you come out on the other side. Wow, that's an amazing story. And uh, yeah, I think you can definitely show up powerfully when you had that experience of your program actually creating wonders for you as well. And congratulations on being engaged, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And I was wondering, what kind of guys are you working with? Tell me a little bit about them. So most of the guys that I work with are single men. They're around 30 to 45 years old. They have some outliers that are a little younger and some who are a little bit older, but they're looking for relationships. They're serious about finding someone. They're genuine. And, you know, that's really a bulk of who I work with. I also do work with women and couples as well, but about 80% of my clients and, you know, my business specifically is, is geared towards men, you know, who are single in that age group. I like that your clients call you the female hitch. Yeah. <laughs> How did you end up with that nickname? Because I love it. 
Ah, thanks. Um, to be honest, it's been years, like several people say that to me. And even if I don't mention that, people will then give me, you know, that title and say, it sounds like the female hitch. So it, it's just kind of something that several of my clients gave me and it's stuck and I can't really seem to get away from it. So I just kind of work with it and it really sums up very well what I do. So it makes sense. Definitely. Okay. So what are the most common problems that guys that you worked with are facing? Why are they single? Why do they actually need your help? So it seems like the biggest issues that guys have, there are actually three of them. One is confidence. One is approaching women and one is knowing what to say. So these are three things that I always work on with my clients. We can get into that, you know, a little bit later. But that's something that I work with a lot with my clients because the interesting thing is that women value confidence the highest on their list. And yet that's one thing that men seem to um, have issue with the most too. So it's kind of that incongruency. So I always need to um, start there with my clients. So those are probably the three biggest things that I've found through the years in every single type of client, you know, that I've had. Okay, you know, it makes sense. And I was, uh, well, actually, I'm married. I've been married for more than 10 years now, but I was trying to remember my dating days. And yeah, I think that what you said pretty much sums up the way I felt or the way I was showing up when approaching women, definitely. And I think the most challenging one for me was not knowing exactly what to say. I think that was the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, that's on my list for sure. And I think a lot of that is that guys don't trust themselves to just be their genuine selves to show up and that that's enough. So they feel like they have to be something different or, you know, use some line to get a woman. And that's just not the case. Like women want you to be genuine. We want you to be who you are. And I think that's a really big thing for guys to try to understand and to when you say, you know, be that genuine guy, you then have to figure out, well, who am I, you know? That's a really big thing for guys is figuring exactly who they are as a man and then show up as that guy. Absolutely. So as I understand it, this work starts with the guy's mindset. Is that correct? 100% always. Could you give us an example of how this process actually works? Sure. So I came up with the five-step process and the way that I did that was after my training, a ton of market research and probably a lot of trial and error. That's how this five-step system was born. So I go through the system with my clients ahead of time to make sure that it fits and it aligns with them. So occasionally we'll have to add or subtract something, which makes sense. So for example, some men want to focus on relationship recovery while other men don't need that. Right. So the five step process is and I'll spell it out just because sometimes people can't understand me. So number one is self S E L F self. And in that comes confidence, mindset, valuing yourself, your self worth, which is exactly what you mentioned before. Number two is myths, M Y T H S myths. So that's dating myths, dating mistakes, repeated negative patterns. Number three is formula F O R M U L A formula. And in that, there's a lot of meat in this one. So that's where to meet women. We're talking about online dating. So I help with the profile, picture selection, messaging, proper screening so that you aren't going out with the wrong ones. A lot of guys think that it's a numbers game. And while I definitely want you know the men that I work with to meet as many women as they can, I don't want them going out with all of those women. You'll, you'll definitely burn out. So it's that proper screening process so that you're going out with fewer but more high quality women and women who more resonate with you. Uh, what a great date looks like. And then if you do like that woman, what that next move is. 
Number four is attraction, A-T-T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N, attraction. And in that is dating, flirting, when and how to kiss a girl, romance, passion, sex, understanding a woman. And then number five, which is interesting, it's future, F-U-T-U-R-E, future. And in that, a lot of dating coaches out there sort of seem to forget that piece. And that's about uh, relationships. So it's how to keep her, having a healthy relationship, good communication, spontaneity, relationship maintenance, things along that line. I think a lot of guys think that finding her is like the hard part, but the hard part's actually keeping her because I could drop any great woman into your lap, but if you don't know how to keep the relationship, it's a problem. And a lot of people, when they haven't been in a healthy relationship, they don't know what one looks like. How are they going to be able to know how to have that kind of healthy relationship? So that's where number five comes into play. It sounds amazing. And I was thinking about this powerful distinction between finding the love you want and actually being able to keep the love you find. <laughs> I'm playing a little bit with a couple of titles from Marvel uh, Hendrix's books, but uh, yeah, uh, they came into my mind uh, while I was listening to you talk. And I have a background in psychology and psychotherapy, and I've worked with couples for many years. And my experience is that second part, helping them keep the relationship or improve it, or maybe avoid a painful separation or divorce or things like that. But I was always uh, wondering about about that initial part, that initial spark, that initial step, you know, to find the right one, to create that magic, to experience that new beginning. And I'm sure that most of your clients are seeking that. And then they probably have to focus and understand that keeping the special person that you find in your life is just as important as that first part. I would love to jump into that first part of this process about finding the right person, about dating. And you said something about online dating as well. That is something that I didn't have a chance to explore. As I said, I've been married for more than 10 years and I would really love to know how these things work and how can you support guys out there? Sure. So I like my clients to do a two-step process. So it's meeting women organically, which is again, just like out and about, you know, meeting women face to face, and then also doing online dating. To me, it just maximizes your potential to meet someone. And again, initially, like I said, it's, you know, it is quantity. I do want you meeting a ton of women to get to know them, to have the experience, to get to know yourself, to see what you do and don't like. And then, you know, get a little bit more choosy as you go down in terms of actually asking them out and pursuing them. So it's interesting because with online dating, a lot of guys who've been married for kind of around your time period, right? So about 10 years, don't really realize like what's out there. You know, it, it changes constantly and I need to even stay on top of it. There are times where where <laughs> my clients imagine. are on this app, yeah. right? Like this app, like this website. And I'm like, wait, which one? You know, because there's so many. I really be on top of it. You know, they're, they're all different. An app that was uh, launched, uh, I don't know, uh, last Wednesday or something, right? <laughs> Right. I mean, there's just so, you know, there's just so many. So I need to stay on top of it. But that's where online dating comes into play. So a lot of my clients say that online dating sucks, but it doesn't when you know what you're doing. It's really that your profile sucks, something about it. So again, it's either your profile, like your bio, your picture selection isn't good, or your messaging, or all three. <laughs> Could be any combination of that. And that's where I come into play to help you do that because it's really the only impression that a woman has of you. And if you're saying the same thing the next guy says and the next guy and the next guy, and there's just nothing, you know, sort of exciting about you, it's not going to be as great. The women are the ones who are typically being pursued. So if you're 
profile says the exact same thing and the next same thing is the exact same thing. It's boring and she's going to gloss over it and be bored to death and not want to date you. So when yours shows your personality, you're being playful instead of saying that you're this, 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 and this, um, act that way, be that way, show that that's who you are. Um, and again, there's a lot of pictures, do's and don'ts and the messaging, a lot of guys just sort of copy and paste, you know, a message and just send it to a bajillion people. It just like women are smarter than that. It doesn't work that way. You really need to be personalized. So I came up with a template where like, yeah, they're gonna have to fill some stuff in, but you know, the outline is there for them. <laughs> That's really interesting. What social platforms do you usually suggest? I prefer online dating sites as opposed to apps. I find that a lot of my clients, and it's really from my client's perspective, not even so much mine. I find apps to be a bit overwhelming. It's flaky. You kind of move your finger until it you know, bleeds, just like swipe, swipe, swipe. Do you know what I mean? So I found um, that there's very little success in terms of at least my client's success on there. So I tend to try to um, veer my clients more towards, and listen, if it works, it works. You know, be on Bumble, be, you know, on some of those different sites, Tinder, all that, but Plenty of Fish has an online and an app experience. So that's definitely one. Match.com is one um, that my clients like to use. Also, um, JD, if someone's Jewish. Another really great idea, um, which is like a little way from online dating is meetup.com. I like my clients going there. You actually meet people online that way, but meet them in person. So there are a lot of singles in your area. There are different groups and different hobbies too that you can have, which is a great place because you already have something in common. So if it's a hiking group or a group, you know, for people who have dogs or, you know, whatever your interest is, you already have something in common, which is cool. And this way you get to meet in person. So that's, it starts online, but obviously, you know, you meet in person. So that's another great way, uh, another just tool, you know, in your area to meet people. See, so yeah, I do like actual online dating sites as opposed to apps better. Yeah, all that sounds amazing. But I was thinking, okay, when you said at the beginning that you, you have this online approach, but you also try to help them find people to date organically. How does that process work? Because maybe it's just me, but I think that the online part makes it easier. Yes. I was curious, how can you uh, help your clients find organically the right people to date? So a lot of guys will say there's no women in my area or I don't tend to, you know, meet anyone. There are women out there. You just, A, either don't realize they're out there because they're not actually looking for them or you just don't know what to say. So it's easier to just kind of say that, they're, that they don't exist. So they are everywhere. And even... Generally speaking, you don't even have to go out of your day-to-day -day routine because, you know, we go to the grocery store, there's women everywhere. We go to the drugstore, there's women everywhere. We go to a department store, women are everywhere. You go to a cafe for coffee, women are everywhere. So again, think about where you go in your daily, weekly, you know, routine. And I think you'll find that there are women everywhere. You just, again, don't either realize it or you don't know what to say to them. So you kind of block out the idea. But I think it's a great way to meet people. Um, you know, are kind of doing those everyday places. And I think a lot of it is because women don't, like they have their garden defenses down as opposed to being in a bar where they know that they're going to be approached. So they kind of have that wall up. When you're in a grocery store, I'm not thinking to myself generally that a man's going to approach me. You know, I'm like doing my thing. I'm getting my groceries. So I'll give you a nice example to, um, you know, it's like a sort of approach idea. Let's call it the grocery store. So let's say I'm in the grocery store. I'm in an aisle. You're walking past the aisle. You see me. You're interested in me. So you don't want to make a beeline for me. That'll like freak me out. But you just want to sort of casually walk down that aisle where you're, you know, within earshot of me, right? So you're just casually walking down, you know, doing your thing, looking like you're actually looking for things so that again, you don't freak me out and do a beeline. 
And when you're in an earshot of me, you can simply say something that's relatable. It's easy. Something like, do you ever find that you go to the grocery store for like five items and you end up with 16 bags somehow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, a woman's not going to be like, wow, that was creepy. Or, you know, wow, that was really rude. You know, like, of course, she's be like, oh, my God, absolutely. Because, again, it's something relatable. It opens up the conversation. A lot of guys, because they're nervous, will say something that's close-ended. Something like, you're beautiful. Or, it's a great day. You know, something like that where, like, she's not going to be able to respond to that. Just like, yeah, or thanks. You know, but something like that, um, it kind of shows you're being relatable. It shows you're being playful. And a whole conversation can be had then in the grocery store. I have to confess that it sounds a little bit scary for me as a guy to go up to a woman and say that. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but it, it sounds a little bit scary. It's approach anxiety and it absolutely happens. And everyone has it. That's what's interesting. I think a lot of guys think, you know, the really like rich, good looking, you know, suave <laughs> yeah. guys don't deal with that. Yeah. Right. But they do. They just don't necessarily let it stop them. And I used to be the same exact way. I didn't like being interviewed. I didn't like attention on me. And it was like a problem in my business because, yeah, like my organic like one-on-one clients it was great but I didn't like putting myself out there and the first few times it was awful for me but I found so much growth on the other side and each one I did became easier for me and you know so that's with anything but you realize that with your fear on the other side of that is so much opportunity and once you let that go that's when the whole way changes for you and a quick tip that I can give you is sort of a longer thing but I can kind of try to do it quickly is The idea of approaching a woman, a lot of guys think that it has to do with her looks and that's what's intimidating you. That's where the she's out of my league part comes into play. When you take that out of the equation, you can talk to her like she's, you know, like it's not a big deal. Like you would talk to, you know, a girlfriend of yours or your mom or your sister because that's the only thing that's intimidating you is what she looks like. But you don't even know what kind of person she is. So maybe she's pretty, but she's not a nice person or she doesn't have a lot to say or you don't get a good vibe from her. So it's almost as if all you're trying to do is gain information from her. You just want to know enough about her to see whether this is someone you'd want to pursue or not. That's it. So when you strip that all away, it becomes a lot easier when you put the pressure on her because again if she's not someone who you get a good vibe from it's not you're not connecting it's just not working for you you're not going to be the one who pursues her and she wants to be approached by you so if you put the pressure on her to say you know they're going to give me a good vibe or you're not it helps a lot and it's actually the truth so it's not even just like a fake thing that you can think about it that way it's actually the truth because it's really up to you she's probably not going to be the one to ask you out you're going to be the one to ask her so you're actually qualifying her as opposed to the opposite even though you think it's the other way around that what if I say something wrong what if I you know do something wrong it's all in your head it's these limiting beliefs that you have that freak you out you can literally talk yourself out of it or talk yourself into it absolutely it makes a lot of sense and I was thinking about what kind of place should the guy show up from when he's approaching women I was trying to think about my clients I coach men as well and sometimes it has to do with dating or finding the right partner and all that stuff and what I'm working usually on with them is to build their confidence and help them see that if they can have a powerful purpose that drives them this is usually very attractive for women it's only a matter of time if they speak this out into the world if they start talking about their purpose, their mission, what drives them till they find that right person that jumps on board and yeah, they become uh, partners in this uh, venture. How do you see this? So my approach is pretty similar. I think that the two things that really boils down to is confidence and genuineness. 
you can't really go wrong. I do think that you need both. If you only have one, yeah, it might work. But when you have both of that, it's like a lethal combination. Like, forget it. You know, I mean, that's what women are looking for. A hundred percent. Awesome. <laughs> okay, Diana, I would also like to talk to you about that second part of this entire process about the part in which they are already together, they started dating. How does a guy learn to keep this special person in his life when it comes to romance and intimacy and sexuality? What can you share with us? So it's really interesting. I find it Dean that with a lot of men, they work so hard in their professional life. And then when it comes to their personal life, there just isn't a lot of air left. It's so almost like a balloon, you know, that's full and you kind of like are at the end where there's just no air left. And so I always like my clients to understand that when they come home from work, that's the time where your work starts in your personal life. So when you come home, you want to connect, you want to talk about your day. Women like to talk and women like emotion. So men are kind of like fixers and, you know, women like to connect and speak and talk and share. So you want to allow a woman to do that. That's how she's going to feel connected. So when a woman feels understood, everything else becomes a lot easier. You get the benefit of the doubt. Passion becomes a lot easier. Romance becomes a lot easier. Sex becomes a lot easier. And women like to feel beautiful and special and important. So even if you're just doing something small, like, you know, you saw something that reminded you of her, so you brought it home, or, you know, her favorite cookie is, you know, from a specific bakery, and, you know, you bring that home. So it's all about surprising each other, and she should be doing that for you as well. But it's going out of your way, and it doesn't need to be grand gestures all the time. That should be a few times a year. But when you do something that really shows the person that you care about them, that's just one of the most important things. And having that spontaneity, not getting into that, you know, routine that we all, I feel like, can feel like we're into because we go to work, we come back from work, we go to the same place. You know, there, there already is a lot of sort of monotonous qualities about our life. But when you have your relationship be exciting and you're always working on it and you're caring about the other person more than you care about yourself, that's where a good relationship comes into play. Great advice. Very well said. Diana, I was thinking about your role in helping men find and uh, create and nurture this relationship, this amazing relationship with that special person. Are you acting as a secret weapon and usually the women don't know that you exist and that you're actually coaching the guy? Or are you, I don't know, very transparent and the guy usually is open and shares this with the, the women that he's dating? Or is it entirely up to your client? So it is up to my client. It's interesting. Some people have asked me, um, I know this is a weird question, but I don't even know what to do. You know, like, am I supposed to tell people about you? Am I not? You know, because I'm not like a normal therapist that, you know, people kind of do or they don't. Um, it's a little different. So if someone is wanting a couple experience, obviously, you know, they both know what's going on. If I start with a client who's single and they end up in a relationship with someone, it depends. Some feel comfortable and tell their significant other that I'm specifically a dating relationship coach. And others will say that I'm more of a therapist, which I am. So that's fine. So it's really along the lines of their comfort level and how open they want to be. So again, it's, it's really up to them. And there's really no right answer. Okay. All right. I am in Europe and I'm coaching men in Europe, UK, Australia, and the United States. And I'm imagining that you are as well. And I was just curious, do the rules change depending on your geographic location? It's an interesting question. 
I think to some degree, I think the main principles are the same. I have clients in like the UK, Australia, you know, same type of idea, um, and obviously across the United States. And I find in certain places, dating can be a little bit different. So for example, um, I dated in New York City. So that's going to be a different experience than even like Ohio or Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So people living in the suburbs versus the city, even that alone can be very different. So yes, the principles will stay the same, but occasionally dating can be a little bit easier or a little bit harder depending on sort who is around you or what's around you. Some of my clients live about two hours from like an actual mean city. So yeah, they're a little bit more limited. That's true. Um, but we kind of do our best to, you know, work around that. Awesome. All right. Diana, as we are reaching the second part of the show, I would like to ask you a few personal questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom to help them on their journey. So are you ready for the fire round? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right, here's the first question. If you were to recommend only one book that every guy should read, what would it be and why? So this is going to be an interesting answer. The book that I recommend is Oh, The Places You'll Go, and it's by Dr. Seuss. And before you laugh, this book was actually given to me in a meeting with a venture capitalist when I started my business. And I'm literally, I'm in a meeting, I'm in New York City, I'm on Madison Avenue, I'm in a very expensive office. He hands me this book. I literally thought it was a joke. It's a children's book. So he told me to read it when I got home. I knew he was clearly serious at that point. And it's incredible. It's the message relates to the ups and downs of life and the journey to success. It's relatable. It's realistic. I love it. Okay, that's one for my <laughs> And I promise to give you feedback on that. Please do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. All right, Diana, if you'd have the opportunity to go back in time, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? So this for me is actually like a two-prong answer. The first is to trust my instincts more. I made a lot of mistakes that I shouldn't have because I second-guessed myself a lot. I didn't follow my gut. And I made mistakes that way. And also practicing self-acceptance. So I was holding on to a mantra for a really long time that I was a pretty one and my brother was a smart one. So I thought for a really long time that I was stupid. And it's important to touch on this because we all walk around with a mantra, almost everyone I've ever known. And it's essentially a limiting false belief that was given to us by someone in authority or power over us. So it could be a teacher, a coach, a parent, and it can literally be just one line that can dictate the rest of your life. So it can be you're not enough, that you were not meant for great things, or you're going to fail, so why even try? So there's there are dozens out there. The interesting thing is that when someone else's opinion of you takes hold of you, you take it on as your own, so it didn't even come from you in the first place. And let's say you were 10 when you were given it, and now call you 35. That's 25 years of damage. It's outdated. It's untrue. It doesn't serve you. So a really great way to go about this, actually, it's interesting too. Mine wasn't true because I did better in undergrad and grad school than my brother. So that disproves the mantra right there. Um, but it's time to get rid of whatever your mantra is and create a new one for yourself that serves you. It's positive. It moves you forward, etc. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And here is the final question. And I'm asking you this question because most of the guys listening are reaching out to me when recovering from a painful breakup or divorce. So the question is, what advice would you give to a man who is recovering from a painful breakup or divorce? 
So when a woman's recovering from a breakup, she will call her friends, she asks for support, she leans on people, she gets emotional and kind of goes through the grieving process. And I think that men seem to do more of the grieving process on their own, but I really feel like it shouldn't be that way. You need to feel the pain, experience it, go through it. Your feelings are valid, they're real. So breaking up with someone can feel like a death. You're mourning the relationship, her your potential future, the time you spend together, and you're allowed that space to kind of fall apart a little bit. So this is a really good time to take time for yourself to focus on you, to heal, to reflect on the relationship in terms of what went well on your end, where you made mistakes, what you did like about her, what you didn't like about her, and take it as a learning experience so that you don't make the same mistake again. That's the best thing that I can tell you. And I guess the last piece of advice that I'll say is that not to label women as bad based on your experience with that person. So for example, let's say you were cheated on. It's one of the most painful experiences that we go through, but it doesn't mean that all women are going to cheat on you. So realize that this was one person, it was one experience. And when you're in the process of the relationship recovery time period, that's why it's so important to take this time to reflect in the relationship and not make the same mistake again and not label people because again, everyone is different. Great advice. I couldn't agree more. All right, Diana, this has been great. Before we say goodbye, please tell us about the projects that currently excite you and where can people find you? Sure. So I work with my private clients one-on-one. I offer unlimited email support and I go through the five-step process that we spoke about. So I meet my clients weekly on video chat and we do, uh, we talk a lot about approaching women, flirting, um, getting to know yourself, confidence, what to say to women, how to build, you know, confidence and flirting and um, building that attraction. And so one huge benefit to counteract some of these issues that these guys have is doing mock dating, mock flirting, mock approaching where I get to see my clients in action. So the guidance, the repetition helps with allowing my clients to bring that genuineness and that confidence that we were talking about. So that's one way to work with me. And then also I'm launching an online program for men, which is an eight week course. So it's reviewing the entire dating process in depth from first noticing a girl to becoming, you know, your girlfriend and then basically everything in between. So there are trainings, there's guides, there's action steps every week. There's a ton of support. There's two question answer sessions every week. So you can ask whatever you want um, and I'll answer interactively. Um, I have a private members area as well. So if you're interested in the eight week program or working with me one-on-one, you can feel free to email me directly at Diana, D-I-A-N-A, at Diana Mandel, D-I-A-N-A-M-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. And we'll talk about your dating struggles, your goals, and come up with a personalized plan for you. And you can also visit me on my website to find out more about me and read through some of my testimonials and all that good stuff. And that's at www.dianamandel.com. All right. So guys, be sure to reach out to Diana. She's amazing. And Diana, thank you again for joining us today. And I hope to have you again on the Marriage Journey Today podcast in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, till next time. Take care. 